0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, people, you know that sound. It is the Unfiltered Band. That is episode number 31. That's right. Episode number 31 of Unfiltered and Away. We go. You could stay and be part of the unfiltered revolution, as you see on your screen below, at Casey Stern. If you're watching this on my YouTube channel, subscribe, like all the videos. If you're not, get over there. If you're on the Twitter side, get me at Casey Stern. You could always, uh, obviously, jump on Apple, Spotify, and all the ways that you get your podcast. Got a little bit of a, of a one-off to have some fun today, all right? As I prepare mentally for this doubleheader with the Braves. I love, and when I mean love, Like, I have a love affair with the movies. I have a love affair with going to the movies. I have a love affair with watching movies. Everybody's got their own escape that they use from reality, from stress, whatever it might be. Sometimes from stress and reality of being a sports fan. And your team is garbage, and you can't understand it. Or they didn't do what they did that you wanted them to do at the deadline. Or they just lost a championship. I'm here in Atlanta. you know. I don't know what they did after 28-3, to 3, but whatever it was probably wasn't enough. Right? I love to escape to the movies. I love going to the movies. I love grabbing popcorn and... You know, being halfway done, if not more than that, by the time the coming attractions are over. I love escaping into a movie that that makes me laugh. Last night, I was watching Meet the Parents for like the, I don't know, nine millionth time, and I watched the whole thing. Jumped in like four minutes in, just sat there the whole way through. Couldn't sleep after uh, the Met loss. Welcome to my problems. Speaking of escape, right? But I, I, ju- I jumped in and watched the whole thing the whole way through, you know? It's just one shot, Bob. It's a big shot. I mean, you know, what's that smell? Bob, that smell is our shit. I mean, I, I mean, honestly, if you don't love I love that movie, right? I got certain movies that I enjoy that I just keep going back to. A Few Good Men is my favorite movie of all time. Um, Goodfellas and such a sad loss with Paul Sorvino recently, Donnie Brasco, I mean, I'm trying to think, Almost Famous. These are just some of, like, those that would be Shawshank. These would all be uh, Scent of a Woman. Everyone I just mentioned would be in, like, my top ten in whatever order, after A Few Good Men. But I love sports movies, too. Now, I will tell you, when you do top ten lists and you do any kind of list that has anything to do with movies or television shows of any kind— there's something that is important to be said at the outset of this. And we're going to have some fun today. I think you're really going to enjoy it. I think you're going to at me and yell at me and tell me all the different things I got wrong. And that's fine. Totally fine. But understand, there really is no wrong. Because I want to explain to you what the title of this list is. This is the, these are the, my top ten favorite sports movies of all time. I didn't say they're the best cinematography. I didn't say they have the best acting. I didn't say they, they were the most critically acclaimed. I didn't say that they're the ones that you know, could have won an Oscar. I didn't say they're the best. They're the best to me. Selfishly, that's all I care about today. Right? This is my list. You got your own list. Now, if we were asking what are the most impactful sports movies of all time, then you could argue that maybe there's some fact to it, even though there's subjectivity. If we're going to argue who's, you know, what's the, the most prominent character, maybe there's, there's, there's certainly plenty of subjectivity, but okay, now you're honing in a bit. If I say my favorite, if I told you my favorite, now this is, this is not on the list, don't worry. But if I told you Ladybugs was on the list, don't at me. Now I will tell you, this is a true story from a sports movie, Rodney Dangerfield. My high school yearbook quote, anybody who is actually watching or listening to this that went to high school with me can go look in the yearbook now, and this is accurate. My high school yearbook quote, and if somebody has it, maybe tweet me a picture. I don't have my yearbook. Somebody out there I know is going to watch this that actually ha- kept their yearbook. my my you know yearbook quote, <laughs> people write all these like powerful things, and it's like. I remember looking at it like you don't know what anybody else is writing for your yearbook quote, and then it comes out, and you look at it, and you're like, oh. Yeah, I kind of missed the boat with that. Mine tells you a lot about my personality if you haven't met me. All I know is I got a lot of balls, which was the quote Rodney Dangerfield has when he opens the trunk, and all the soccer balls are in there, and Jack A is there, and they got no idea what to do with soccer. All I know is I got a lot of balls, which, by the way, is still true. And I don't know much other than that. But that was my yearbook quote. Sorry. Now, Ladybugs not on the list. is not on this list. But these are my top 10 favorite sports movies. I want you to at me. I want you to get with me. And I've said this before on YouTube and on Twitter, and I want to keep saying this. Because I, I do have some top 10 lists that are requiring more work. Because I'm trying to work on, uh, to kind of bring you behind the curtain, I'm working on a couple of lists that I think require some guest input, where I would almost stop at six and boom have somebody who's involved in it and and do like a like a, a a multi-episodic kind of a thing on one list and i'm working on one that's on the worst decisions in the history of sports and have a guest or two already and i'm, I'm gonna try and really blow that up make that a big deal it may not be until after the baseball season but i'm working on that if you have any lists for top tens i want you to jump in and give them to me but i was thinking i was like okay after the deadline there were a lot of different topics i had baseball wise i'm like you know what sometimes when you're getting ready for the game, if you're driving in the car today, you're at home, whatever the case may be, between the doubleheader, if you're a Mets or a Braves fan, or you're out there at the pool and you, you don't want to read and you get your, your AirPods in, I want to give you something that, that you would you know, be able to kind of yell at me while you're sitting there and not even in front of me, have your own thoughts, you know, pipe out kind of your own list on Twitter. So I'm going to give you my top 10 favorite sports movies today. That's going to be the list. Again, these are favorites, Okay. I'm going to give you some that did not make the list, so you can get mad immediately. And I don't want to give too much away, so you can at least kind of you know wait to see what's coming next. You know, teasing, right? I do not have Field of Dreams or Bull Durham or Eight Men Out in this list. They're all fantastic movies. I'm a baseball guy. Everybody knows that, right? They're great movies. They're not in my think favorite of favorites. And I'm looking at my list now. All ten of these that are in That you're going to hear today, all of them, and I went off of kind of the meet the parents thing yesterday. Like, wedding crashers can come on when I'm done taping this. And my plan today, I'm sure you're really curious about it, is if the sun actually comes out to go lay by the pool a little bit, and maybe even listen to the first game of the doubleheader, and then come back tonight and and just sit there because I'm middle aged and have no social life, and go watch the second one. But you know, walk the dog. If, if I walk by the TV, right, it's not on now, and I had it on, and Wedding Crashers came on, I'm, all my plans may be ruined. These are 10 movies that could ruin my plans. The plans. That That's where I'm at. And by the way, Star Wars would be in a list, different list. But the, these are 10 movies that could ruin my plans. They're my favorite sports movies. And one thing you're going to see is a theme, and I think we're all this way when we kind of like, when we watch movies or enjoy entertainment, right? I'm this way. I'm looking at the list. One, two, three. F- every single, <laughs> I, didn't, I did not do this purpose, it's accurate. Every single, no, a lot of sports movies are this way, so at me, I get it. But every single movie on this list, on my top 10 is an underdog story. Every single one. We love what we feel. Right, like I don't have the Kurt Warner flick in here, and I forget. Was it called American Underdog? (laughs) I I posted this. That's not in this list. It was great. I posted this, I think, on Twitter the day. I was going through, and I I always share stuff. Part of being unfiltered, I believe, share, and I will, way more than anyone else is ever going to share with you. And you know what? People get mad at some of it. I don't really give a crap, to be honest with you. I don't. You know why? Because if you like me or hate me, you're going to know me. I believe in authenticity. I've lived my whole life that way. There is, I used to have on the cover of, I think it was Twitter or Facebook, and it was true, then it's always like, you know, which is true, I'm a dad first. But at one point, the only thing I had in my bio was, I don't hate anyone except fake people. That's still the case. I really don't hate anyone. I don't even hate like people who have been like enemies in my life. Unless they're fake, then I hate them. I hate fake people. So one thing about me is gonna be overly authentic. You're gonna know more about me than probably even want. It's why I've always said I'll sing and dance, I'll give you anything. I mean, I I've always been that way. anybody who listens to me over the years, I used to lose bets and sing, paint my face, do whatever, act like an idiot. It doesn't matter to me because you may not, you know, I I I may not, you know, get a skip Bayless paycheck someday, despite the fact that I, I always level with you with honesty. And anybody who doesn't feel this way shouldn't be in this business. I think I'm as good as anybody that's, that's doing this in terms of talk show side of it, right? And still learning every day. But I, I, if you don't feel that, you shouldn't be in this business. The thing about me is I'm not going to give you some fake take just to get likes. I'm not going to give you a fake take about who I am to be liked. I with stories that are that way. It's why I think on my list you've got what you've got. They're all—they're all—they are all underdog stories, and some of them you're gonna be like, "Really? This is in your top 10 Anything? Just favorites for me. Here we go. So again, not on the list. Don't have Bull Durham. I don't have Field of Dreams. I'm thinking of all the ones I I love. And I mean, I could put—I'm a sports guy. I could put 50 movies on here. Um, remember the Titans? I don't have Eight Men Out in here. I don't have Hoosiers in here. These are those would more be great movies, but they're, they're just not rewatched as much. They're not. In the, it's it's different, right? It's different. The movie Philadelphia with Tom Hanks is amazing. I only could watch it one time. I show, I saw Schindler's List in the theater. I saw it one time, once my whole life. I think the movie Awakenings with Robert De Niro and his performance in it. Is as emotional as as I'll get watching any movie, and I, I just it just always just grabs me. I can't watch it. Those aren't in the favorite categories. These are definitely. This is like oh yeah, this is a, forget it. I had plans. Sorry, honey. <laughs> we out. Like you know, talk later. Jerry Maguire was almost on this list because I love it and it's it, it's fun and it just I don't know why I love the. Cat- Character, I love the whole thing, the human head, the eight pounds. I, I have always felt Renee Zellweger is quite attractive. I mean, you get got your own reasons. I don't care what they are. I'm not asking you to change yours. I want to know your lists. Get at it. I want you to know that, like, you got, like, somebody here that you could trust is creating a relationship with you, that we're going to be different. We're going to, like, you know, tell stupid things about each other, right? That's how we're going to be. And I don't care if this revolution, how long it takes, but it's going to live until the day I die, and I'm counting on it. You could bet on that, okay? So that's just how we're going to be. We're going to share a lot of stupid things. That's why I did the Life Pod, where I was sharing the story about running out of gas on a date. I mean, I'll share plenty of stories. I was on a date at a mini golf course, and you ever go into one of those gazebos where, like, you know, it's like the hole is, like, up, you know. And this was, this was at Drive, which is, where is that? It's on Route 110. If it still exists, somebody will have to at me. Um, was that Amityville, Huntington? I don't even know wh- technically what area you're in, but it's at Route 110, and it's a driving range and a mini golf course. And I was on a date there because that's like where you go on dates when like you're not old enough to drink or like just made it, and the other person that you're dating is not. Right? And I was in that category many years ago on Long Island, and I was on a date, and I was in a gazebo, like you know the the area like um where you have the hole where you like walk up, but like you can't walk if somebody's hitting behind you, you can't like walk up where, you know, the, the green is, I guess, right? Quote unquote. So I, 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 went up on the hill, got into the thing and my date was, was hitting, you know, up the hill and I went to stand, it was in jeans. Okay. And like, I don't wear like, they're not that tight. Like I don't, I'm not like a huge baggy jeans guy, but I, I don't like feel like I'm wearing like, you know, tight jeans necessarily. Certainly not purposely. All right? I had lasagna yesterday, so every jean I wear today is going to be tight. And it was fantastic to the person who made it for me. Um, But every pair of jeans is going to be tight now, right? Today, I'm bloated. But I was sitting there at the top of the gazebo, and I had one foot on one side. And, like, you know, in kind of when it goes around the circle. And I didn't want my foot to be on the green because, you know, I I don't want, like, you know, hey, I didn't date the guy because, like, you know, she was competitive from what I remember. Because there weren't many dates after this. <laughs> I stretched my leg out to the other side of the gazebo so I could go on the ledge from one side to the other and not have my foot right where the hole was because it was a little round area if you're watching a video I'm showing you. It was circular, right? Like a carousel. If you don't know that movie reference, we can't be friends. As I stretched, I heard something. Wasn't sure what it was. Then I was sure. By the time her ball rolled up the hill and she started to walk what was like probably about 35 feet, I, on what I think probably was like my fourth date with this person at the time, had 35 feet to determine how I was going to explain to this girl that literally my jeans had a foot long, foot like literally down the inside from the groin to the inner leg, rip and tear. The entire thing had torn apart from stretching. That wasn't a good time. Now, we had a good laugh over it, but it was not the kind of laugh that you're telling at the story at the rehearsal dinner of a wedding. <laughs> it, was just, it did not pan out that way. I don't mind sharing stories like that. Are you kidding me? I'll tell you anything you want to know. Most embarrassing experience I ever had in my life. I was in, uh, was I in like fifth grade, maybe? Was it was like one of these, like, you know, when you like they used to call it like the presidential, like you were you were in school and, you know, yeah. how many pull-ups do you do and all this? I don't even know what that was, right? I think it was, it was called something like that, like the presidential, I don't know what. It felt like it was an obstacle course, right? And it was like, I can't do pull-ups, people. Really, this is what we're doing? Can we go back to playing, like, you know, like, I don't know, steal the bacon or whatever the hell is going on here, European handball or something? So I was doing sit-ups, and I don't know what I had for lunch that day. Thank God it was a dude. But the guy whose job it was to hold your feet, uh, he, he, he ain't got my phone number in his phone. I guarantee you that. I mean, look, it was the movement. It just happened. Sorry. That was embarrassing. And he, like, told everyone. I was like, oh, my God. Like, nowadays, I would have, like, championed it. Like, this is what happened. <laughs> you know? It's amazing how that changes over the years. I don't care. I'll share anything with you. I am, a, I am, I am fallible. Big time. Not perfect. By fake. It, literally the worst thing on earth. So let's talk about 10 underdog stories that have uh, changed my life. My top 10 favorite sports movies. Number 10 is the Mighty Ducks franchise. I didn't want to put Mighty Ducks, the original, because I like the second one. You know, the one where they're like, you know, sitting there at the, in the high school and, you know, all of that. Like, I can't, I've seen it plenty of times. It doesn't resonate as much, but I wanted to put the franchise. Here's why I put it this way, right? You want to know how great this... Like, you don't at me. These are still some of the best jerseys that hockey's ever had, okay? Like, I still will go back and play NHL hockey like on PlayStation and play with the 93-94 unis, right? I even know what year it is when it pops up. I'm like, oh, yes. At the time, obviously, you know, the home were the whites and the away were the, were the purple ones or whatever. But, like, I, I, are you kidding me? Like... Yeah, I want to be Charlie Conway. Like, yes. I actually went to college with and was in a couple of classes with uh, the guy who played Adam Banks. And he did not skate into the classroom and didn't talk to me at all. I wanted to have a relationship with him. I felt like we could be Keith Hernandez and Jerry Seinfeld. It didn't happen that way. But he was in two of my classes at BU. But the Mighty Ducks franchise is amazing. Okay, I don't care what you say, like Emilio Estevez, and I actually like the show. And I guess what are they not doing a second season? Or somebody will have to tell me, like, or he's not in it or something. I, I enjoyed it, I really did. My kids and my kids love it. My kids have Mighty Ducks jerseys. My my son has a Mighty Ducks helmet. We still have. I ended up recently in a move, losing a lot of my possessions, and I kept the Mighty Ducks stuff. Like that tells you, like seriously, that's no joke. Like I got like a closet full of things, like to, to my possession that aren't kids related, and I kept all the Mighty Ducks things. So like that tells you where, because those are like heartstrings for me. I love, I love. Those movies, like, are you kidding me? The characters, you remember them all. And even the second one, look, with the Olympics and, you know, I don't need the lasso necessarily. But the fact that I got, you know, Benny the Jet, uh, that's a a spoiler you're going to hear from him again. I don't know what that actor's name is, but the fact that I got that dude and, you know, he's Mendoza and he can't stop. Are you kidding me? It reminded me when I first wrote, knew how to ride a bike. I remember the first time I was like, my father he, like pushed me like this is this sound terrible like down a hill like I had one of those like Hey, you're in it like you better like figure it out right. And I was riding. I was like, yes, this is amazing. And it, the bad part was I hadn't learned how to stop yet. Went right into a parked car. True story. I felt like Mendoza. I didn't know how to brake. Okay. So, but I love these movies. I mean, still. I'm sorry if you can't like The Mighty Ducks are on and you can't watch it you don't like hockey. It's to me it's honestly it's that simple. Right? And I got another hockey flick way way up on this list and anybody who knows me is going to already know what that one is. But it's like, you know, I mean come on man, The Mighty Ducks are you kidding? That franchise is amazing and what it did and what it meant and like the, all of that, like is like, I don't even remember what age I was when it came out. I guess it was a teenager. Like I I love those movies. I could watch them all. And it, you know, you love a franchise when like, as it gets worse, as it goes on, you're still reciting lines from them. Like, are you kidding me? Like I won't watch Rocky five over again, unless I like I'm forced to in some prison, but I'll, are you kidding me? Like a mighty ducks, even the one Eden hall, let's go. I'll watch that again with the terrible broadcasters. I was like, come on, you should have called me. I could have done play by play for this mighty ducks franchise at number 10, number nine. And I smile already. This is a, if I was going to do a list of movies that make me cry, All right. And it is it's weird. Like, I'm, you know, I say emotional. I'm in touch with my emotions, not afraid of them. I don't really cry at many movies. I don't like I sometimes write a movie and I'm like and everyone else is crying. And this has ever happened to you in a theater. And I'm like, is there something wrong with me? Like, I'm looking over. I'm like, either I'm emotionally too stable or they're unstable. And I don't know which one it is. And I'm like going through that moment, like in the movie theaters, everyone's crying. I've had a lot of those. Like, yeah, I'll never let go, Jack. I didn't cry. I'm like, how do you not have more damn room on that raft? You're really going to let DiCaprio die? You can't switch on and off for 10 minutes at a time? Like, that was ridiculous. It was a joke. That's the kind of, like, only me, I would be thinking of that nonsense. But I didn't cry. Cool runnings every single time. Every single time. When they are failing to get to the finish line, in the race and crash and they push that thing across right the bobsled i'm over like it's forget it you better get tissues i'm snorting it's ugly crying time like cool runnings is a movie i can't watch if i'm like dating somebody until at least it's been a year because i'm going to cry and it's gonna be really ugly like that that movie's funny as hell john candy the late john candy is a genius right you know, you get the, you know, the, the the salt and Senka, which by the way, what does me think of coffee with that name? But it's like I I love the humor in that movie and all of that, and I laugh most of the time. And then we get to the end and I cry like a baby. That scene is so emotional for me. I the feeling of and you kind of like jump into it of being to me. In sports, one of the great things about being a part of it at any kind, even if like you play in Little League or CYO basketball, and I did both, right? It doesn't matter. There's a feeling of pride that you remember about either being on a team when you were kids that meant something, or somebody told you you couldn't make a team, or somebody told you you couldn't do something, or you wouldn't be good enough, and then in life, obviously, those things become bigger. But cool runnings, like the story of what these guys were able to do. I love the real um, Al Michaels like video footage that they show in it, like when they're watching it in Jamaica. I also happen to love Jamaica. Like I've I've been in a lot of places on vacation. I've been in a lot of places in the Caribbean. There's like I've been to Jamaica twice. I go. I would go back twenty times if I if I had the time to do so. I love Jamaica. I love the people. I love all of it. I, bring me. No problem. Like, I wish there was, like, I wish I knew four people in my life who lived that way. Like, let alone, like, f- like thousands that, like, everywhere you go. I mean, anybody who hasn't been there, you should go tomorrow. If you're looking to feel better about yourself and get good vibes from people, Jamaica's where you go immediately. So I, I also have, like, kind of a love affair with that. And I, I just totally just dig in emotionally. to Cool Runnings, anytime it's on. Next franchise at 10, Cool Runnings at 9. Number eight, white men can't jump. Now, I love basketball. These are, again, these are my favorites. I didn't say they had to be yours. I love basketball. I love Woody Harrelson. Big time. Like Everything Woody Harrelson does is genius. If you haven't seen, I just and my mother actually recommended it. I just watched it on, on Netflix recently. The Kevin Hart movie, the Man, from Tur- the Man in Toronto, Man from Toronto, and Woody Harrelson, it's great. It's fun. I mean, it's, you're not going to win any academy awards but it's fun we're gonna change it's a good time and woody harrelson's brilliant like he could be in anything you know you could watch him in um oh geez what is that the the tribute the jennifer lawrence of course i remember that word and her i mean i'm just being honest she's beautiful um what the hell is that hunger games right he could be in that, and it's like, oh, Woody Harrelson's great in that. Like he could be, like he to me is like Steve Buscemi and like some of these actors, like you could put them in any movie. Like I'm sorry, like Con Air, and I look, Nick Cage, I mean the bunny, I mean forget it, are you kidding me? Like if there was a list of top 10 movies that really, they're terrible. The dialogue and acting is brutal, but they're amazing. And he gets helped by the acting of John Malkovich, who's brilliant, and Steve Buscemi, who is fantastic. Steve Buscemi, the whole world in your hands. With this, with the, I mean, he steals the whole movie for me. Armageddon, it's pitiful. That song, which I had tied to a relationship that did not end well about twenty years ago, I I can't stand all of that. I love Bruce Willis, but Ben Affleck in that movie, like all that, the hokey. I mean, forget it. It's like Pearl Harbor in space. Like I can't deal with that. But Buscemi, brilliant. Like Woody Harrelson, is that way you? put him in any movie you want, and a genius. So, in White Man Can't Jump, that's part of it for me. But I've been playing basketball, I don't want to say, like, in the streets. But being in New York and growing up in New York my whole life, and I've talked about this on the pod here. I actually have it in two weeks, and now this is probably going to make me. It's like the, the pod I did with Dusty when I was reminding him of buying me the massage. And I still haven't gotten one, Dusty, if you're watching this. And I hope you're feeling good. I know you just uh, you came down with COVID. But... but was talking to me bake was about you know the massage that I got him and reminding him about needing one. Now that I'm talking about this, I might go play today. I haven't played in like two weeks. But I play usually every day. Like every day that I can. Like people have listened to me for years on baseball, I probably have no idea. Like they're like, who is this the short guy doing the NBA? And certainly, you know, look, I'm not if you're going for that category, you're going to Tim Kirchens. So I don't think i missed a jumper in like 20 years. But there are guys in our business who are way I love to play basketball. I grew up with it. (laughs) That to me in like the the category of like learning toughness in a sport and like at my size, like, you know, how to how to be able to gain respect from people without a Napoleonic complex, which is basically what I've tried to like that is in my own head I've ingrained. Like I just don't wanna be, you know, I don't wanna be David Sampson, right? Like I don't I just don't want that, right? So I I gotta be like in my own whoops. I almost dropped the mic on that. I I, I don't wanna be I, I, then I, of course I dropped the mic on that, right? Are you kidding me? Things were going so wonderfully for 26 minutes and 50 seconds. I don't want to be like that guy, even though I'm short. So, like, I'm really careful about that. But I learned a lot about sport and you know being tough and all of that, being my size and playing basketball, um, going to Manhattan College to Knicks camp, and you know people looking at me like the hell is this guy like are you kidding like the thought I was so I I resonate with playing just running like back and forth five on five three on three like you just it doesn't matter like I don't care who's there like you know there's just something about that so and I and then I got to live in LA and be in that area for about three years and see all of that like and be out there in Venice. I love White Men Can't Jump. I think it's hilarious. Rosie Perez is amazing in it. I mean, foods that start with a letter Q and the late Alex Trebek. Are you kidding me? Quince. Like I only know what a, I know. Quincy Jones is. I only know who, what a quince is because of that. Anybody else know what a quince is? If you haven't seen that movie, you don't even know, and that's no coincidence. Number eight. White Men Can't Jump. So I got 10, the Mighty Ducks franchise, 9, Cool Runnings, 8, White Men Can't Jump. Again, these are not the greatest acted cinematography, art put together, sets, Academy Award winning sports movies of all time. They're my favorites. They're I Can't Not Watch. Three, if it was on in five minutes, I may just shut the podcast off. Mighty Ducks franchise at 10. I got Cool Runnings at 9. I got White Men Can't Jump at 8. Number seven is Warrior. This is the most underrated sports movie of all time. Now, I want to repeat this because I bet you there's a lot of people who are going to see this who have not or listen to it that have not seen this movie. And you're going to go see this movie, and I want you, please, I mean this, not because I'll feel like proud like I told you about it, but I, I want to know that like I got to introduce this movie to somebody who hasn't seen it. In my, in my lifetime, the most underrated sports movie of my lifetime is Warrior with Tom Hardy and joel edgerton it's now nick nolte got nominated for an academy award despite the fact that i don't even think he was acting he was just being himself if you've seen the movie you understand what i mean it was like nick nolte from tmz and he but he was fantastic tom hardy who is one of my top 10 favorite actors and it's de niro and then everybody else for me right it just is sorry It's really De Niro, Pacino, and then everybody else. And probably Tom Cruise in there for me and not other people just because of A Few Good Men. But Tom Hardy's in the top 10 of my favorite actors, and this is where I was like— And I actually went back and watched Bronson, a lot of the movies he had done before that, after I saw this movie. His performance in Warrior, he should have won an Academy Award for that. He is so good, and for me as an MMA fan, it's such the essence and was done so well. Not a surprise that the guy who uh, directed and put this movie together also did the movie that is number two on my list, which is yet to come, right? So you got to have a guy who really understands sports movies. I don't want to give that away yet. But this movie, if you enjoy... Movies that make you feel like you're there. Like, this one specifically, because of the way it's filmed, is so dead-on in terms of, I can't even imagine, you know, being in an octagon in the UFC, right? But this is done so incredibly well to make you kind of feel that environment. And Tom Hardy is brilliant. If you have not seen this movie, and Joel Edrington, who, by the way, became big way after this, like, it is so well-acted by these two guys who play brothers who have had different kind of stories in their life and you know I don't want to give a lot away you end up following kind of their trails as they both are in the totally different ways underdog stories trying to prove to themselves and to each other and their family and to everybody else that that they belong it's it's a, it's it makes your hair stand up this movie legitimately is intense if you have not seen Warrior, go watch it today, tomorrow. Make it the movie you watch tonight. I'm telling you right now, in my, again, favorite. So this is opinion. But in my opinion, it's the most underrated sports movie of all time. At least in my lifetime. That's how good it is. And because it was MMA before the UFC became ESPN UFC, if that movie comes out now, that movie that will win a, that'll be Academy Award nominee and Hardy would be for sure. If that movie, only Nick Nolte was the only guy anybody knew in the movie. Beforehand, I'm telling you right now, it is it is. This is one. If I did the best ten sports movies, and just from like what kind of movie it was, it'd still be on the list. It'd probably be higher. It, it's at seven because it's my seventh favorite. It'd probably be higher, honestly. And I'd have Field of Dreams, and I'd have a couple of others up there that immediately Hoosiers, remember the Titans that jump right to the mix. But there's there's it's right there. I mean, it's that this this movie is so good. If you have not seen, please go out and do yourself a favor. And maybe that'll happen with you with a couple of these. Although I, it's hard pressed for me. You haven't seen any of the others that are on this. Running's maybe there's some people who are like, really like that movie was good, and now they're going to go see it and thank me. But Warrior is the most underrated sports movie of all time. It's amazing. I saw it in the theater three times. I took my, I went first time, and I am anybody who knows me, I will go self, and I don't care escaping that way. First time I. saw so it was my, by myself. I took my mother and my sister. like sports, let alone the UFC. And they were crying. It is, it is, this movie is l- legit. Go see Warrior and go rent that with Tom Hardy. So I got Mighty Ducks at 10, Cool Runnings at 9. Um, White Men Can't Jump at 8. I got Warrior at 7. Number 6, Major League. Totally different in a switch from where we just were with Warrior, which is like a serious and very intense movie, to Major League, which is just pure comedy brilliance, okay? Like, there are some lines in this movie that I just can't... They they still... You know, how does a movie stand the test... These movies, they they still get repeated, these lines, constantly. Joe Boo this and that is everywhere still, right, from Pedro Serrano. My favorite line ever in the Major League franchise, I don't know why, it just always struck me as really funny the way it was said, and I think Charlie Sheen, like, he had some brilliance to him. I mean, he was winning in a lot of acting ways before all the craziness. But there's a scene where they're in the restaurant, and Tom Berenger notices Rene Russo, who for— A long time was absolutely like a, I think my first crush on TV was probably, or movies, was Jennifer Love Hewitt, and that lasted like a long time in my life. It was a thing. Rene Russo is gorgeous. I haven't seen her recently. I mean, I haven't seen her in person ever. She's gorgeous. But, when he's sitting at the table, and I think they say, like, what are you looking at? And he says, that's my wife. With his really ex-wife, but you gotta watch the movie. You haven't seen it, and Charlie Sheen just very—it's—it's. It's, I love the way he does it. You want me to take him outside and kick the shit? out kick the shit out of him. And I hate when like you can't watch Major League when it's on like TBS or TNT. No offense to my friends at Turner, but like if the curses aren't there, you just can't. It's not the same. But that line and that scene—if you haven't seen it—go watch it on YouTube now. When you're done with this, is brilliant. It's fantastic. I, I, Willie Mace Hayes, the whole thing. You know, I—I I mean, God, I don't know the actor's name. I used to. I think he passed too, unfortunately. I think, but the guy who plays Lou Brown, the manager, is amazing. Okay, he's amazing. We well, beat some ball players here. Like, I, I mean, just his whole thing is just fantastic. Corbin Burnson. I, I got a chance to do a lot of fun interviews when I was uh, twelve years with MLB Network Radio, and we would have like actors and stuff on. it. We had Corbin Burnson on, and this—I'll tell you a quick Corbin Burnson story. So. We had him on, this is about three years ago, and if anybody's listening who listened to this interview, you heard it one way. If the three people who were my co-host in Spilly and um, the two producers, i give them shout-outs, and Jacob Stevens-Kittner and Adam Mendelssohn are listening, they remember this another way. Corbin <laughs> Burtz, who's a terrific dude, all right? So we had Kevin Costner on. We had a bunch of the guys from Sports Movies. and they were honestly they were all amazing like like oh my god he was a huge phillies fan we had him on it was fit like i loved having guys on about sports we had slash on the show um, i'm sure you could find some of these somewhere but so we had corbin Burnson on the show this is not long ago we had the guy who plays uh, porter and sandlot and that's coming of course so i can't remember maybe three years ago but we had corbin Burnson on and the segment, so we of a break, we had to fit in for the update. We thought, like, in our own minds, like, he's going to be on for, like, 15 minutes, okay? Because these guys have other things anything. You know, we just were bringing him on to talk about Major League and being a part of that and all this stuff. So 15 minutes goes by, 20 minutes goes by, 25 minutes goes by. Now, anybody has been in radio, the problem was we were on the other side of the update Now we're heading towards the end of the hour. Now the end of the hour is what they call in this business, for us at least it was at the time, a hard out. That means I can't, I would many times if you listen to me on radio, I promise you, have people yelling at me in my ear to like go to break. And if I felt something was good, I'll just go three hours if I have to. But a hard out, I can't do that with. A hard out, I can't. I mean, I, was, I would always be a pain in the ass. I'll break it 34 instead of 30 if something's good because I don't care what the hell the dude says in the update, nothing against whoever they are, but if somebody's telling me something interesting, I'm not going anywhere. A hard out, you can't do that, all right? So Corbin Burnson is on, and he's talking, and he's talking. I don't even remember, honestly. You'll probably find it somewhere. What the hell he was talking about? He's a terrifically nice guy, but he was enjoying the And we had it on video, too. I think we taped it on Zoom. He was enjoying the conversation. I remember it actually was on video because i remember so i'm trying now i i never acted in a movie i don't know what the signs are to break so if you're watching a video i'm showing you and anybody who's listening is in the business but this is how and i'm backing away from the camera this is how somebody will tell you on the other side out of the glass right or even in wrong with your ifb this is the hand signal you'll get to break like as if you have two fists like you're breaking something okay I don't know if that's how it is in a movie. I mean, they say one, two, three, and they say action and all that. I mean, it didn't really break, I guess. So I'm giving him the break signal. It's not working. Like, I don't know if he doesn't have, not looking at the video. Maybe he's looking at himself. He's an actor. I mean, it's his thing. I don't know. He's not going nowhere, all right? So I had to, in the middle of this interview, now I'm talking over him with a minute to go. I'm telling you, this is no joke, all right? He went into the hard out. I never got to say goodbye. During the hard out, where I'm like now trying to explain to him that we can't talk to him anymore. He's still talking to us. And I mean like in a nice way. Like, please understand. Like the nicest guy. We must have had to do it on 40 minutes. He's just having a conversation. I think he would have talked to me forever. Like, I'm not your therapist. Like, I don't like it was it was it was amazing. It was very memorable. Anybody who listened to that show probably remembers this, but people who are working on it will definitely remember and in a different way. But uh, Corbin Burtz, I mean, he's a gem, man. It was fantastic. So uh, Mighty Ducks, 10, the franchise. Cool Runnings at 9. I got White Men Can't Jump at uh, 8. Warrior at 7. Major League at 6. Number 5, I put Rocky. And here's how I'm going to do this. 1 through 4, like the soundtracks. 1 through 4. Rocky 1 is the best one. Rocky 2 was fantastic, and he wins, and you want him to win. Uh, Rocky Three was good, but Mr. T is in it, so okay, that's a little better. Rocky IV was great. Now, I've told this story before, but it, it, on the air many times. So way back when, you didn't have spoiler alerts, and you didn't have people who would tweet you or tell you anything about movies. So when you went online to a movie for a premiere, for those of you who are young, it was a big deal. When I went to Rocky IV, <laughs> the day it opened— and I remember, for the reason I'm explaining to you, that it was in the second showing that day, and I was with—I uh, think I was with my was it my father and my mother. I don't remember, but I—I—I'll I, tell you what I remember, because it was like this this long, long line. All right. Out the door, they don't let you in, they're not going to let you in until, like, you had your tickets already, but, I mean, the line to get in to, like, open the theater, because there weren't reserved seats at the time, right? So we're waiting in this line that was all the way on the inside, on the right of the theater, against the wall, all the way outside into the parking lot, all right? We're waiting for the people to come out. People come out of the theater, and... You know, some sometimes stories even that you remember like become urgent, urban legend. I don't remember at this point so many things have happened in my life if it was a boy or a girl. It was a kid. I remember that. And I was a kid at the time. I mean, I, I don't know when Rocky IV came out. Maybe I was like 12. So there was a kid of some sort. And they're walking out, these people. And they're in a crowd. And I'm not thinking anything other than well, okay, ask somebody if it's good. Sure. So, everybody online is saying, "Hey, was it good? Like, how was it?" Oh, it was great. It was fantastic. Dude, it's better than you think. And then there was this one kid. This one terrible human. If he exists now or she. I was the kid. heart you broke before I even got popcorn or my diet soda. Some kid says, and I quote, Daddy, I still can't believe Apollo died. Yep. Right before we were getting popcorn. (laughs) Are you kidding me? So what do you think I'm, what? Now the whole line, the whole line, it permeated like the game Telephone. The whole line. Apollo died? What do you mean Apollo died? Now everyone's talking about it. Me? I just hated that kid. I remember then. I've told this story on air many times. I hated that kid. I'm thinking, like, is it real? Like, is he messing with me? There's nowhere to Google at the time to go on Twitter. There was no cell phones. There there weren't even beepers then. There was nothing. There's no one to ask. And this kid ruined my day. So then, of course, now what happens? I'm in the theater, and I'm just waiting for Apollo to die. Now, maybe it would have been worse if I was surprised. Maybe when he had the pool scene where he's watching Drago on TV, and then he has the presser where he's overly cocky, and then the long intro, and, you know, I mean, you'll understand when it's over. You know, maybe I would have thought you'll understand when I kick his ass and then there's somebody else coming. No, I'm waiting for him to die. As soon as he says you'll understand when it's over, it's already over for me. I knew he was dead before the movie started. If that boy or girl still exists somewhere and is watching or listening to this, I take back what I said at the beginning. I hate only fake people. I think I hate you. But Rocky 1 through 4, I mean, come on. The soundtrack, I still, I still work out to those songs when I ever do. When I play Hoopsins by myself, I still have those in the arsenal. My favorite pump-up tunes of all time for me and for... One for a reason I, I won't even get into, not on this pod, but just in general, are "Lose Yourself" by Eminem and "No Way Out," uh, no easy way out by Robert Tepper. Those are my two favorite. If you play "No Easy Way Out" by Robert Tepper right now, I will want to fight you, no matter who you are. Like I just, that's how like I it resonates so much with me. I can't even get into it, right? But that soundtrack is like, are you kidding me? Like "Gonna Fly Now" and like the whole score. Outside of Star Wars, it's the best score of any movie. Ever. Any movie franchise, ever. It's Star Wars and then that. E.T. for me would be pretty close. But that's it. Because Dan. Flying in the sky on the bike. I mean, come on. But Rocky, are you serious? Come on. Mighty Ducks at 10. Cool Runnings at 9. White Men Can't Jump at 8. Warrior at 7. Major League at 6. The Rockies, 1 through 4, 5. Number 4 is Rudy. Rudy, when I think of movies that make me feel something of any genre, I don't think there's a movie in my life that I watch every time it's on that I feel what I feel watching Rudy. There are a lot of reasons for that. Like Sean Astin, I'm short. Like Rudy, Rutabaga, I'm short. Okay. Like the character I have had people my whole life telling me I should give up. I've told this story before, but I was sending out tapes and videos when I started doing this or wanted to for a living. And I had a, a prominent agency. Somebody sent me a letter. They said it was very conscientious and because I did a whole hockey game and taped it and did like the play-by-by. I mean, I was just sending anything. And they told me, and I still have it, that will take me anywhere, but not in this business. I kept that. Rudy speaks to me, that movie. When, I mean, you want to talk about great acting. But when he's sitting there, it's emotional thinking about it. In that tunnel and watches, and, and the family, and the other people's eyes experiencing what Rudy had done, Right? So it wasn't about he had to be the best player, but he made it, you know? That, it's almost like even, like, you hear me slowing down the way I've talked for the last 45 minutes and 30 seconds. This movie just resonates for me, big time. It is incredibly well done. And how about the fact that, um... What's-his-face? I mean, now, what's-his-face mode? Um, Mr. All-Iron Man and all the, the Marvel, Marvel movies. Oh, jeez. Um... Oh my god. And this is only cuz I've been talking about mo- and thinking about other things and now I'm back into Marvel. Of course I know who the actor is and in Spider-Man and uh, John Favreau, right? Who did all those movies. But he's in it, right? Acting. It's it's such a good movie. Rudy is is fantastic. It's fantastic. And a great story, clearly. And I remember being, like, obsessed after the movie with the story and, like, watching all the documentaries on the real person and how, like, you know, how much it was alike. And I loved Goonies as a kid, so Sean Astin's in it. Are you kidding? Of course. I got Rudy at number four. The Sandlot is number three. The Sandlot, if you were to ask me and I'll go back, when I talked about White Men Can't Jump, even though it's a comedy, I remember playing, you know, basketball and, and still, like, I, I anybody who, who's... You know, run at a park or showed up at a parking lot with a ball. And I, I've done that. I do that now, right? And you're like assessing the competition and how much are they looking at me and thinking, like, I can't play. And then, you know, I might, you know, don't grip the ball too tight and try and like overshoot because you're trying to like, you know, prove that you're not the worst guy to pick the next time they pick teams, like all that stuff. Who's been, through, right? That movie jumps to me, right? And I can't jump either. There is no baseball movie that has ever been made. I repeat, this is, I'm going to say as if it's fact, not favorite list. There is no baseball movie that has ever, ever been made that does a better job depicting why I love baseball and why real baseball fans love that sport and why people who love that sport believe it is the best sport that there ever was or ever will be. There is no movie that is even close to doing the job depicting why that is to the likes of what Sandlot does. None not number one for me on my list, which is a baseball movie, not Field of Dreams or Bull Durham or any of the other ones I brought up or Eight Men Out or, you know, The Rookie or Rookie of the Year or, or anywhere you want to go, right? Comedy not major, major league. There is no, the Scout. There's I'm trying to think there's so many that are good baseball movies, right? There is no baseball movie, and at me, I'm curious if you agree with this. There is no baseball movie that does a better job tapping into why you love the game of baseball than the Sandlot. None. It's not even close. The Sandlot makes you feel good. It doesn't matter what day you've had, what week you've had, what month you've had, you know, husband, wife left you, you know, uh, you're dealing with COVID, stuck in a house, you lost a job, you're just, you know, you got a headache. I don't care what the hell's going on in your life. You watch the Sandlot, you feel good. The Sandlot is like a panacea for everything. I may go watch it today. Like, the Sandlot makes you feel good. It makes your hair stand up now, talking about it. That's the Sandlot for me. It's the hair stand-up movie for a baseball It's what makes you feel like a big kid. I take my kid, my son, now I've been through two Little League seasons, and... And two playoff runs and, and going through all of that with him and, and, and you know, getting game balls and, and all this stuff as a dad, I mean, it makes you emotional. I mean, I, I barely could handle myself the first time he got a game ball, I just lost, lost it. Especially because, and I share this, he got two. One was for getting a game-winning hit. The other game ball he got was for, for the kind of teammate <laughs> I can't, I can't even say it out loud. Because at the time, a te- I can't, literally, that's the emotion of baseball. For the kind of teammate he is. That's what he got it for. I have it in the next room. You told me I could only keep outside of the kids. Two possessions in this apartment. I take one, which is the dog in one arm, and that ball in the other. Symbolizes everything about a father that I'm, I'm to a, every day trying to keep up with being proud of. To instill in my son. But that story and that makes me think of the Sandlot. Watching Little League baseball makes me think of the Sandlot. Recently, if you've been following, and I put up videos on it, and I went out to the showcase they had here in, in Cartersville, Georgia, went an hour talking to kids, some of the, the, the top kids in the country, and, and just these, seeing these coaches and the parents and just getting a feel for all of it. I sit there and watch baseball, sitting on my butt in the corner of the stadium, by myself. And there's a romance to it. The Sandlot brings all of that. And humor and all the funny stuff, too. But it brings all of that. And there's a dog. And there's James Earl Jones. Are you kidding me? One of my favorite things I ever had to do, speaking to my kids who love The Sandlot, and we watch it all the time, was having to explain to my son who loves Star Wars that Darth Vader is the man who has the dog. <laughs> and that's a true story. Number 10, Mighty Ducks. Number 9, Cool Runnings. Number 8, uh, white man Can't Jump. Number seven, Warrior. Number six, Major League. Number five, Rocky one through four. Number four, Rudy. Number three, Sandlot. My number two favorite sports movie of all time is Miracle. The Miracle on Ice and Lake Placid and what they did in 1980 is the greatest sports story of all time. You know, speaking of, it, I share because it's it's sad for me, but so I went through something recently where I, I you know, and this is, because I'm unfiltered, this is who I am. I lost most of my possessions that I've ever had in my life. And I lost a plaque that I had, which was the only prized possession I ever cared about. I I lost it truthfully because I couldn't fit it with the stuff that I was able to take. I had to leave it behind. I had a sign plaque of everybody from 1980. It meant a ton to me because of what this story means to me, right? But it didn't mean for the the space I had as much as my kids' clothes meant. That's because I share anything with everybody because I want you to know me, but that's true. I kept one suitcase of my own stuff. That's all I got. But this painting... And that story are so meaningful for me because I think for a country, and I went to BU, so I got, you know, Mike Ruzioni's jersey and everything was Mike Ruzioni. It was either that or Howard Stern, and I was at WTBU also, right? So, for me, that story and what those guys accomplished and Herb Brooks, the story itself, and I'll watch every documentary that there's ever been on it, ever. It's amazing. It's an amazing story. To watch it play out the way it was filmed, and it's from the same director and guy who wrote and put together Warrior, which, again, I'm telling you, no secret why both were so successful for me. The way that they, for those who don't know, the people in Miracle that they had were hockey players. They were not actors. Now, when I was at BU, one of them lived down the hall from me. So, for those who are hockey fans that they probably didn't even know who I am and there's no way to listen to this, but it'd be funny if they were. But Tom Pody, who was a longtime defenseman in the NHL, lived about three doors down from me in college. And, and there were a couple of lived there, right? They didn't make it necessarily. But there was a guy, I think it was John or is it Chris Hansen? You'll have to go into the, the movie to see. He plays Silk in the movie. He, he was his roommate and was on the BU hockey team. These were, these were hockey players, and if you go back and see how the movie was made, it's amazing because they, they wanted it to be so authentic that instead of teaching actors how to play hockey, and this makes sense, and I remember him talking about it, it'll take a lot longer than six months, which is, I think, what they trained to act, to teach a, a, an actor how to really be an authentic hockey player, but for a hockey player to act enough, I mean, because look, you're, you're, you're a hockey player talking about hockey a lot of the movie, not very emotional, Right? And it's not that kind of movie in terms of you feel it because of the moments. They brought that in because of the Al Michaels and Ken Dryden. They brought it in because of Kurt Russell and his performance, right? These kids didn't have to do that or provide that. They had to just look. It was better that they just were kids who loved hockey that that did this amazing thing at Lake Placid. But the fact that they, for those who don't know, go back and watch, that they taught these kids— had to act but they were just actual they're all college hockey players it's fantastic it's amazing like it which was not how the mighty ducks were made right like it's it's amazing the movie's amazing the story when herb brooks and kurt russell who does he walks into that tunnel and does the pumping of the fist without speaking and has that one moment where he has not be, been able to basically breathe since day 1 when he you know, said, Hey, it's my way or the highway, and I I know the way that we're going to beat the Russians, right? When he is sitting there and he pumps his fist, I like, when I mean lose it, like I'm a basket case. Every single day, the buildup of it, of everything that happened, of everything those guys went through, of everything it meant, of every story, of everybody who said that they couldn't believe, that didn't believe in Herb Brooks or didn't believe in the team, didn't believe that they could be good enough, they weren't good enough. Russia hadn't lost him 40 years. I mean, one of the great stories in in this story is you've got Tretiak, who's the best goalie on the planet, right? And the coach pulls him because he had given up – he only gave up two goals. He got pulled, right? So here comes Michigan to, to come into the – to play goal. And for those of you who are hockey fans, you understand, obviously, about pulling the netminder. It's It's a lot different now. It's amazing. Like, you've seen, like, some guys pulled with, like, three, four minutes left. But – they had never pulled their goalie. Forget about that Michigan was in there instead of training. They had never pulled the goalie. So here's the coach. He's trying to, you know, basically, you know, I guess, you know, wave off the goalie. Get the heck off the ice. They couldn't even pull the goalie. They'd never been, they had never been in that spot before. They had waxed the U.S. in the exhibition right before it started. They waxed the all-star team from the NHL. These were just kids. It's the greatest sports story in the history of American sports, for sure. Miracle number two. Number 10, Mighty Ducks. Number nine, Cool Runnings. Number eight, White Men Can't Jump. Number seven is Warrior. Number six, Major League. Number five, Rocky 1 through 4. Number four is Rudy. Number three is The Sandlot. Number two is Miracle. My favorite sports movie of all time. Anybody who's ever known me or listening to me is about He's saying it even without me, because you already know, is The Natural. Is The Natural a better movie than the other nine that I have below it? Not necessarily. Is The Natural a better movie than Field of Dreams as a movie? I don't think so. Is it a better dream than movie than Bull Durham? I don't think so. Eight Men Out as a better movie? I don't think so. I mean, Robert Redford is a dude, right? And Wilford Brimley's a dude, not just Quaker Oats or Cocoon, but this is a dude. But no, I don't think so. Or The Firm, which he was great in also. No, I don't, I don't think so. The Natural's my favorite sports movie because my whole life has been about people telling me what I can't do and I'm not good enough for. About being put down and insulted, about being bullied when I was a kid, about having self-esteem issues my whole life. That bat, right? And I smile if you're watching, like, right away. That, That bat, that bolt of lightning, that Wonder Boy... It's belief. It's not a bat. It's not about I'm wearing Michael Jordan shoes to pump up Air Jordans, right? With the pumps. It's not, you know, this is like Tom Cruise and A Few Good Men, my favorite movie of all. My Lucky Bat. It's not about the bat. It's about the belief. You know, it's like Screech's uh, beret in the chess episodes of Saved by the Bell, right? It's not the beret. In Ladybugs, which I mentioned jokingly, wasn't Martha. The storyline that The Natural tells, which is the great crux of every sports underdog movie, in every one I've mentioned and every single one of all time, it tells that story in a more realistic, less campy, resonating with you, and part of it is the way Robert Redford acts in the movie, the way it's filmed with the knights in in old school, right? The sound, like, I mean, when he hits the... I mean, come on, are you kidding? It's dramatic in that way. It hits the mark of the underdog and the belief that all the movies I have in here have better than any of them do, and I think any sports movie of all time ever has, especially when Roy Hobbs is not a member of the 1980 Olympic team. Like, when you got a story to play off of like that, or like Rudy, it makes it a lot easier, Right? It's harder to create Rocky Balboa, right? It, it, it's harder to create Charlie Conway. It's harder to create Roy Hobbs. The way that that movie plays out, especially with the Bat Boy and the whole, it reminded me as a kid when I saw it, and every time that I see it, how important it is to hold on to belief. We're all going to go through things in our life that we don't expect. I've had several over the last few years I wouldn't wish on anyone, literally. There are days where I've sat and I don't know how I'm here. Belief is the strongest feeling you could ever have. When it's belief in yourself, it's the most powerful feeling you can ever have. The natural depicts that better than any sports movie ever has for me. In a different kind of a way. In an old school, you know, film kind of noir. Like there's like a certain kind of like a, like a vibe about it that's different. Love the old school. Love that feeling like you're watching like black and white baseball. It's like a different thing. But I live that. I, I don't, you know, to me, the microphone is that bad. I feel more comfortable talking to you than I would than I will when I shut this off. For sure. This hour and five minute episode is an hour and five minutes escaping from, you know, the realities and stresses that everybody has in life. The natural does such a good job depicting all of that. And I may have to go watch it today. Everybody's got that bat inside them. That story. Nothing beats that for me. Nothing. Number 10, Mighty Ducks franchise. Number nine, Cool Runnings. Number eight, White Men Can't Jump. Number seven, Warrior. Number six, Major League. Number five, Rocky 1-4. through four. Number four, Rudy. Number three, The Sandlot. Number two, Miracle. Number one, The Natural. My top ten favorite sports movies of all time. Let me know what you think of the list. Please jump on YouTube. Watch like all the videos if you're watching it there. Get on me at Twitter. Let me know what you thought of this. I Really, share with me. DM me. I'd love to know your own lists. And uh, we'll keep this unfiltered revolution along the way. And I love sharing with you. Let's stay unfiltered and keep this relationship going. Be good. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger.